Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices. I'm Steve Randall and in this episode, we're off down under. The rain activity has not helped construction here. We've already got all of these other issues and then you go and add a whole bunch of inclement weather and all of a sudden that is putting a lot of pressure on builders and, and you know, construction practitioners alike. That's Alex Soncini from Procore who's going to be giving us a snapshot of the Australian construction industry, where the attitudes are, where the industry is right now, based on a survey of several countries across Asia-Pacific that Procore did recently. More on that shortly. And of course, I'm joined by Pete the Builder, Peter Finn, in just a moment. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. Hey, Pete, how are you doing? Hey, Steve, how's things? Yeah, really good, thanks. We've uh, kind of come over the hump of the incredibly hot weather that we had here in the UK a couple of weeks ago, and now we're into still summery, but much cooler conditions. But uh, we're heading off to winter in this episode of the podcast because we're going down under to Australia. Is that somewhere you've been or somewhere you've worked? Yeah, I have. I've, I've been Thought in- you would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been in Australia a couple of times. Um, look, again, it, it was a, it, it, and still is a place that a lot of people travel to, um, especially, you know, after university or college, they, they kind of go and spend a couple of, of years doing the traveling and um, Australia is such an interesting place. Construction is a huge aspect over there. It's a, a relatively new country in terms of how old it is in comparison to a lot of other countries. So there's still a huge amount of development happening and still a, a lot of technological improvements happening within the industry over there. So it's a really, it's a really interesting insight that we're going to get today from Alex. It's obviously a completely different climate to what we have in, 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 in Europe. They're in their, their winter at the moment, but during their summer, they get some very hot weather and it's, it's like, you know, obviously their buildings are designed to suit their environment. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. And, and I know, um, Alex gives a good insight into the holistic, uh, industry over there and, and where they are at the moment. He raises some very interesting points, some really positive stuff, maybe some slightly negative stuff in terms of the attitude. Uh, in Australia at the moment probably isn't where it needs to be uh, in terms of the, the climate challenge battle. But um, there certainly appears to be some steps going in the right directions along the, along the, that way. Well, let's wait no longer. Let's let's dive straight into that interview. My name is Alex Soncini. I uh, work at Procore Technologies. We are a software company that uh, deals with construction or construction management platform. Um, and I lead a team out here that actually is, has previous construction experience, or all of us have previous construction experience. And, um, we work with our customers and with our product departments to make sure that we're addressing uh, certain gaps within the within the regions that we operate in, as well as um, working with the industry on what best practice might look like for particular nuance as we utilize the software. Well, welcome to Constructive Voices. I mean, one of the things we like to do on this show is to find out about construction in different parts of the world so that people listening around the world, we do have a global audience, can almost compare the challenges and the opportunities and the styles of construction uh, industry around the world. So perhaps you could start, I know you've, you've done a benchmark report called How We Build Now. Maybe you can give us a, a kind of a general state of Australian construction, how sentiment is right now, how things are looking. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's been an interesting couple of years. I think that the report really pulled out quite a bit of tension uh, that was looming, you know, post COVID and um, how the sector's going now with kind of everything that's happening in the world. But it's been a rough couple of years, I suppose, and the impacts of that global pandemic are definitely seen within that report. You know, the industry is dealing with a lot of everyday issues still as well. So you've got, you know, your rising costs, ongoing labour shortages, some supply chain disruptions occurring quite frequently. Um, they've only been heightened by the pandemic. So it's really quite a perfect storm of different challenges that are coming from, you know, a multitude of different directions, you know, and it's not really surprising uh, to see uh, a lot of the the kind of challenges arising um, as they've kind of always been around. They just they just seem to be getting worse, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the case kind of globally with sentiment being knocked by those issues that you've brought up there. I mean, material costs are crazy. The labour market is so tight. You know, all of these things are issues. One thing I noticed from your report is that when you look at the wider Asia-Pacific region, Australia actually lags other countries such as New Zealand and Singapore, the Philippines, Malaysia. Why is that? It was interesting when we pulled a lot of that out. I think we're we're lagging in in quite a few areas, you know, especially Australia, I think New Zealand a little as well, when comparing ourselves to you know the rest of the Asia Pacific nations, um, as we might call them. In terms of digital maturity anyway, I think that the the upside around it really um, is that we actually have gained ground in Australia um, when using technology to help reduce, you know, quality work, things like defects or or snags, you might refer to them in the region there. Um, and the reduction of unnecessary de- rework has had a big impact on, you know, the implications of quality of buildings, providing consumers with greater confidence as well. But um, in terms of our overall tech adoption, you know, I think the in general the sentiment is okay. The pandemic has seen us, or at least many companies, shift into utilising software a little bit more, to be honest. And the additional pressure showed more adoption, if anything. I think in comparison to the other, you know, nations, it's also just got to do with the time, right? Like the time or the, or the, uh, I suppose, the age of the, the industries there or the time that we're kind of moving into. Um, if you look at where Australia's starting out, it's um, a lot more of a mature market, to be honest, and we've not had a lot of that mobile technology around when we first cracked in. So you're dealing with a lot of paper-based processes and trying to digitize all of that, um, where you look at some of the other kind of Asian portions of our market, they've really come into life through the developing world through, you know, the mobile technology being around to utilize. And so they're already slightly in front of us in terms of what technology they're already using and not waiting for things to become available to them um, or trying to change manage out of very old archaic systems um, or even paper-based processes, you know. Yeah, and I, you know, I get a sense when I talk to various people about technology and how that's uh, changing the industry. Years ago, there would have been that belief that I think people had across all industries that the robots were going to come and take all our jobs. You know, that was <laughs> that was the fear. And now, of course, we're in a situation where the labour markets are tight, particularly in industries like construction, and so we are looking for technology more and more to fill the gaps that we have in the workforce and. 
you know, this is making a big difference. I mean, just to pick up on one thing that you mentioned about rework, your report shows the average Australian construction company spends one in every eight hours, 12% of its time on rework. And that's down from 18% in 2020. And of course, um, using technology means that that rework, those snags, those, those errors can be either avoided or certainly fixed a lot quicker. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, it's definitely a gripe, you know, and I think we're still not where we need to be um, in terms of just the sheer amount of time spent on redoing work. It's pretty alarming. It always has been. I think we've, it's just more front and center than it's ever been, um, to be honest. But I think the more that we draw it into our focus uh, and the more that we start to utilize technology to try and expedite the means of correcting it, but even tracking a lot of the work as it's happening to avoid you know that rework being necessary um definitely top of mind and very important for the industry one of the things we talk about a lot on this show is sustainability and i know you have had a huge amount of rain there in australia it's your your winter there currently uh you know an unusual amount of rain here in the uk we've had extreme heat events um wildfires and things recently you know it's it's a big topic and this is a big deal i would imagine for those responding to your uh, your survey yeah definitely the the rain activity has not helped construction here we've already got all of these other issues which we've just discussed and then you go and add a whole bunch of inclement weather and all of a sudden that is putting a lot of pressure on um, builders and, and you know construction practitioners alike. I can't remember the exact statistic now, to be honest, off the top of my head, but there was one point in the year that we had it was more than 60% or something of the days that had passed were that had some inclement weather, some rain, some sort of poor weather event. Wow. Pretty shocking. <laughs> yeah, and of course that impacts, as you say, on the construction process, you know, because you know it's difficult to work in inclement weather you know there are issues with things that need to be left to dry if you've got rain coming down you know there's all of that going on but also it raises the 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 question of how we're going to build in a more sustainable way how we're going to address climate change within the industry and i note that less than half of australian respondents to your survey say the construction industry should adopt more green building practices and that's the lowest of all the five markets and well behind for example New Zealand at 64%. Why why do you think the sustainability piece and the green building practices are not so important to the Australian respondents? I mean <laughs> we could get pretty political here when we start talking about this stuff. Um I think that in general like our culture hasn't shifted enough to think about it more generally speaking. Um which has impacted obviously the sentiment in construction as well. But the it was it was a shame to see that, to be honest. That was one of the kind of drawbacks I had, at least from the findings of the report, um, that you know, we're not looking to adopt more green building practices, or at least half of the respondents, as you said, think we shouldn't be um adopting new green building practices. But to be honest, we've um, you know, we've just gone through an election, we've got a new government um seemingly elected on the basis of climate change action. Um, There's still a lot of work to be done in the area, but I'm excited or at least tentatively excited to see um, some change or some shift here because um, it's definitely important. I think that the the people that are, you know, paying paying close attention to this area and Procore is certainly paying close attention to this area and, and looking at how we can help the industry pull it more front and centre and have a bit more focus on it as we have with other things. 
um, I, yeah, I really am, you know, looking to see more of a an understanding and um, hopefully in future reports uh, we won't see that statistic be so grave as well. But it's hard to kind of draw it down to, you know, a single reason or, or even, a, you know, a few reasons. I guess there's the issue of I mean, regulation is, is one side of it, but the other side, you know, it's the whole carrot and stick thing. You've got regulation on the stick side, but the carrot side is more incentives. Do you see that perhaps policy will in the in the coming years be more uh, towards incentivizing green building? Yeah, certainly. I think so. Um, <clears throat> there's more and more companies like, you know, I, I I'm not sure about the ones that are in the UK. We've got Green Star and Neighbours and um, certain companies that provide rating systems or a structure, a framework or mechanism to at least show the, you know, environmental friendliness or sustainable side of a of building in terms of its construction and then its operation. It's a, definitely a competitive edge right now. There's interest in the market and, you know, competitively speaking, there is definitely companies that are looking to do more and more of that type of work. I just think that, you know, it's a very competitive market. And when you're looking at the margins that people are winning these projects on, if the sense of, if the desire, I suppose, isn't coming from the clients, then it's pretty tough for builders and, and you know, people working in the industry to, to focus on that. The, the focus is to, you know, continue to build, to make sure that we keep our businesses afloat. Um, and maybe there's just not enough pressure on them um, through just the, you know, the sheer desire coming from the market. And I guess in a, in a globalised industry like construction, where materials are coming from around the world, the more that the world as a whole moves towards sustainable practices and green building and, and different materials and things, you know, one country can't then lag because the market will be favouring uh, and pricing accordingly those materials that the majority are using. So it'll kind of, it'll happen in that way too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. I remember my university days, we were talking about the different products and and how, um, you know, the supply chain could really impact, um, you know, how we think about the environment in construction and what we can do to recycle a lot of building materials and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it certainly isn't, in my opinion, anyway, happening fast enough. Um, and I would like to see more action in this area. And the, the other part of uh, sort of sustainability and the sort of the ESG piece is gender diversity, which uh, your report found uh, certainly needs improving. Yeah, um, that was another thing that I think um, Australia in particular, uh, again, laggards on um, in terms of diversity. I think six in 10 builders saying that there's no need to improve female participation, which when you look at the stats in terms of the females that are participating in certain roles within the industry um, is pretty shocking to be honest in this day and age, but there is just a lot of shifting there. But I think, you know, women hold only 12% of site manager roles in Australia and 17% in New Zealand. Uh, so quite, you know, quite lagging there as well compared with, you know, 28% in the Philippines. There's certainly more females entering construction market in those, especially those site-based roles um, in other nations across uh, APAC. And I guess that is a cultural thing, not not so much in terms of country culture, but just industry culture. And it's something that we've seen in other parts of the world as well, where the perception, you know, even if it's not the reality, the perception of women is that 
a building site is going to be very male dominated. It's, it's going to be blokey, uh, as we would say in the UK. And I think you'd probably say that in Australia too. And, 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 and that then puts them off at a very early stage. And that's a real case of not just changing culture on site, but also then getting the education out to uh, girls while they're still at school and they're thinking about their careers, you know, thinking, oh, okay, so construction would be something I could feel comfortable working in. Yeah, it's definitely, that's it, right? Like that's the sentiment at a grassroots kind of youth level. There isn't enough being done to show, um, you know, potential females that could enter the construction workforce that it's a viable option. Um, and it does look blokey and, you know, people see their dads and their uncles and, um, you know, these people doing these jobs and they're not advocating for it either, I suppose, or at least historically they haven't. I think we're seeing more and more, but again, something that's not happening quick enough and there's not enough advocacy out there. I'd love to see more being done in schools, as you said, um, you know, even, even in universities to make sure that the females that are participating in, you know, engineering degrees or even project management degrees, you know, give construction a go, um, you know, in spite of maybe other industries that definitely have a lot more women entering project management style jobs in workforce, maybe in media, um, as well as technology. Yeah. And when, when we're talking about young people and, and technology, you know, the, the two go hand in hand these days, you know, they, they are digital natives, technology natives. Um, the interesting thing is, I mean, we, we get very excited. Uh, Pete, the builder who, uh, who co-hosts this show with me, uh, it, you know, he, he loves that whole uh, geeky stuff of all the technology gets very very excited about it we we do particularly get excited about things like ai and drones and robotics but actually the uh, real change drivers as, as shown by your report are perhaps unfortunately less exciting yeah they're more um they're more general and it's because like we mentioned before there's just so much um archaic process out there things that have not been digitized at all yet so I'm I'm all for futurism as well. I'd love to see us, you know, move into a, an AI-driven world where we don't need to look at spreadsheets to understand our businesses and, and how our project's going, um, you know, even down to a point where we can start looking at things more spatially and we're utilising BIM more and we can actually start to, you know, utilise the model to do a lot more of the work we're doing. We start talking about, you know, 4D, 5D, 6D, BIM technology and what we can do there. I know that they're doing a lot in the UK and um, certainly Singapore and other regions in APAC are following along with those UK standards and, and trying to adopt a lot of that technology as well. But yeah, there's still a lot of work to do to um, to ensure that we're digitizing the right things and there's a change management process that needs to you know be adhered to to make sure that we don't move too quickly. You know, we can't put the chicken before the egg, I suppose, is the saying, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, traditional BIM, uh, next generation BIM, kind of neck and neck on uh, on sort of the technologies that, that people think will drive change the most in the next three years, according to your survey. Things like drones and robotics are a little way behind and AI and machine learning sort of, you know, getting there, getting up towards the the levels of, of, of BIM, either traditional or next gen. Um what I did find interesting, because we've done a, a recent episode on this, is that one of well, the sort of the joint top technology that will drive the most change over the next three years, prefabrication and offsite construction. We've done a whole thing on modular construction recently. That's a growing area, clearly, in Australia. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. I, I read a um, case study actually recently that showed um, one particular builder put up 11 stories in a record amount of time. I think it only took them 15 days to put up wow. an 11-story structure. Obviously, there's still a lot of work to do after that, but we're talking about just getting the structure in place. It's a phenomenal feat. When we look at construction timelines and, again, the competitive nature of the industry and what you know is really being placed in demand for builders to do some of those tasks become impossible i think modular construction really going to change the game there and give us safer and higher quality outcomes as well so looking forward to let's stick with that whole next three years thing looking forward uh over the next three years what are your kind of expectations but also your hopes for the construction industry particularly in australia but also the wider industry what are you what are you hoping to see yeah i'm 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 kind of wishing for a few things um outside of technology i think that like i'm ready to see the other side of all of this supply chain disruption i'm ready to see the other side of the pandemic um we kind of feel like we're there but also there's this looming fear that it's all going to come crashing down on us again so um, you know, it's not nice to watch big businesses, big firms that are looked up to um, fold and, you know, move into um, liquidation. And it, it puts a really bad um, kind of sense in the air in the industry where people start to get a bit cagey and they're pricing differently and it's very odd. So I hope we can move past all that um, first and foremost. After that, I'd like to see a lot more focus on our environment, on environmental sustainability, on making sure that, um, you know, from an ESG perspective, we're covering all bases. But again, as we've talked about, we need a little bit of legislation to get us there as well. We look at Australia specifically, safety has been always the the biggest focus for us. Uh, We've got such a, we place such high, such a high or or intense view on on importance of life, um, which I think, again, is really important. But now we need to start looking at how quality can affect that um, and, and give us safer outcomes as well as you know higher quality outcomes and then what environmental can um, do or what environmental policy can do to shape and shift this industry. With that, of course, also looking at uh, gender diversity and cultural diversity um, is another big one that I think I'd love just to see a little bit more of the, the needle move on that. Well, Alex, look, thanks so much for joining us on Constructive Voices and giving us uh, an insight into how the Australian construction industry is looking and feeling and and obviously sharing your hopes and dreams for it as well. Where can people find out more about Procore? Yeah, if you uh, just jump on and um, go to Procore.com, you can read all about us there. There's quite a, a lot of media on that um, on that side as well. But all in all, if you just Google Procore, you're going to find a fair bit of information. We're kind of everywhere now and... Uh, I know I've got a lot of counterparts there in the UK that are, you know, breaking down the doors to make sure that we're getting the right message out there and um, putting Procore front and centre to pull some focus into the construction industry and show them what technology can do for them. This is Constructive Voices. So, Pete, there you go. We've been enjoying winter for a little while down in Australia. Uh, and, and a really interesting insight there from Alex from Procore about the Australian construction industry, how it's even different in some ways to the wider Asia-Pacific area. And as you mentioned earlier on, you know, that, that whole thing of climate change, which is such a big topic for us, there's some work to do in Oz to kind of catch up in a way. 
Yeah, I suppose so. Look, we are what we see around us. And, and let's be honest, our own environments will dictate our attitudes towards any subject. But I suppose if, if, we, if, we, if we look at uh, the positives first, it's very clear that uh, the industry, construction industry, is, is a hugely important industry in the country. It, it absolutely is kind of becoming globally known for the work that they are getting done and the banter that they seem to have on site as well. You see an awful lot of that on, on uh, social media where the, uh, the Australians' attitude towards work and uh, how they're able to work in the heat and know when to knock off and all that type of stuff as well creates some interesting situations. But Alex definitely speaks about, I suppose, the overall attitude towards construction and the important aspects of construction to the industry over there. But then, I suppose, in a, in a global sense, there probably is some improvement to, to be done in terms of there, there needs to be a change of attitude and maybe a bit, a bit more education given to the industry as a, as a whole about coming on board on the climate challenge, you know? Yeah, and I mean, we, we don't really do politics particularly on this show. There are plenty of other podcasts that tackle politics, but yeah. politics does does sort of move into everything. And as Alex mentioned, you know, the, the political leadership will always have, you know, an influence, whether it's just the things that are be, being said, the rhetoric and, and the narrative around that, or whether it's actual policy. And of course, things are changing in that sense in Australia. But in, interesting that the Procore report found that less than uh, half of Australian respondents said the construction industry should adopt more green building practices. That was the lowest of all five markets in APAC that were surveyed. Um, and significantly behind New Zealand at 64%. And of course, we know that New Zealand's leadership has has been very much, you know, looking more towards climate change and other sort of social aspects. So, you know, it does make a big difference who's leading. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt. And I, and I think it was a quite an, a, an honest uh, statement to make because, you know, we, we can speak what we want and we can say what we like about different aspects of construction, but there are certain factors that dictate lots of elements of construction in terms of the amount of development that will actually happen. Legislation changes to suit some situations in terms of housing crisis and obviously the climate uh, challenge, climate battle that we've got going on as well. A lot of countries have adapted in different ways to that. So he's right in what he said there. Politics does drive a lot of these factors and what the rhetoric of that country and, 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 and what the attitudes within that country are will dictate what some governments will do. So it was it was maybe refreshing and honest to hear that, but it's obviously not ideal to hear it. So yeah, look, it it just it does give you a bit of an insight into to what probably does need to be done to kind of help change the attitudes and help change the mind. And I think the reality of of what's happening across uh, other nations is kind of sinks home a bit more. I'm sure that attitude would change. But like again, let's be honest. Cost is a huge factor when it comes to construction, and I know that that the, the house prices uh, and the cost of construction in Australia is 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 very high. It's another factor w- which is probably you know pushing people away from the the uh, the green build aspect. They're probably thinking more about their their pockets rather than the environment at this moment in time. But I'm sure that will will, will change. You know, with the right information and 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 with the with the right positive attitudes coming from different um, areas. Yeah, a very very interesting insight into into a huge uh, country which obviously uh, has a huge construction industry within it. And um, also the type of construction that they do there, I, I always find very, very interesting because it's so different to, to what we see in other regions, you know, and uh, they certainly do things um, quickly and they get things done to suit their lifestyles. And uh, at, and that's clear to see. And, you know, it, it, again, it's a, it's a refreshing thing. It's a refreshing honesty um, to, to hear 
that that's just the way that's done in that country. Yeah, definitely. And I think there's a phrase that we use too often in not just in construction, we you know, in life generally that we need to banish and that's if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That that needs to change to if it ain't broke now, we may still need to look to fix it in the future. I know it's a bit more of a clunky phrase, but it it kind of <laughs> things yeah. things do change and they are changing fast and you can't just sit back and say yeah, things are fine as we've always done them because that may not work in a year's time, 10 years' time, certainly yeah. 100 years' time. You, you always have to look to the future and you always have to start start, have start thinking about keeping up with, with, with the way life is going within the whole world, never mind just your own region. And, and, and look, I think that's something that certainly will start happening. Again, I, I, I was very interested in the facts and the figures that, that Alex was able to give out there. And, and obviously, that's what his company does. They they look at you know the, the construction industry from a holistic view and they they were able to drill down on, on certain areas that you know there was obviously room, room for improvement in and areas that, that were doing well and that type of information being delivered in a structured way uh, allows people to make a lot of decisions in terms of development investment and you know it also highlights areas that 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 maybe need um more uh, improvement and development on as well so it was very good very 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 interesting stuff and he was it was an excellent guest and it was it was nice to nice to go down down under for a while, down to, to Oz and what's going on, you know? I've got the fan on full blast and I'm just pretending it's winter here uh, in the studio, but um, I'm, I'm still still sweltering. But anyway, <laughs> we'll talk again next time, Pete. Cheers, Steve. Good to talk to you as always. Talk soon, man. And that's all for this episode of Constructive Voices. Please take a moment to share it with others who may find it interesting. Follow or subscribe to get the latest episodes automatically on your favourite podcast app and rate and review the podcast if you can. You can also listen to the latest episode by saying, Alexa, play Constructive Voices podcast. Here's Constructive Voices. Here's the latest episode. And on our website, where there's lots more information too. That's constructive-voices.com. Don't forget the dash. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Mm -hmm.